this is a lifetime teaching 15 mistakes of young ministers 15 mistakes of young ministers this is going to be very beneficial to you helpful also uh, for those of you who are called into your home ministry or you've been called alongside in another ministry all right so let's let's begin right away father we are ready in the name of jesus we are open in the mighty name of jesus thank you we yield ourselves to you number one number one mistake of young ministers number one to think that everyone has been called to stand behind the pulpit that's the first mistake that's not first that's one mistake that young ministers make they think that everyone has been called to stand behind the pulpit so you see when somebody begins to feel this calling in his heart he begins to think that therefore he is automatically going to begin to preach in a short while he begins to prepare and get ready to to speak the phonetics he begins to listen to um, messages and um, read books on how you can be an effective preacher and how you can communicate well okay not necessarily when you have a calling at first the lord may not reveal exactly what he's asking you to do but you will have in your spirit that calling you may not know what it is but there will be a calling inside a burden that you are sent but if you don't know it you will misunderstand it you will think it means therefore that you should start eroding the gospel everywhere and that's why some people when they don't know what to do with that energy they get megaphones and then they begin to go about disturbing the whole neighborhood okay not necessarily you have to find out what you're called to do okay whatever god um, wants a man to achieve he calls the man for to god there is no calling that is small every calling is important to him there are those that he has called into different areas and to him no, no one calling is less than the other depending on what he wants to do with your life depending on what he has planned in his heart to achieve through this calling so you must find out what exactly you've been called to do and function there that's where your beauty is that's where your long life lies that's where your greatness lies trying to be someone else or trying to do something that god did not send you to do we only lead in frustration and waste of time and no reward because it's not going to reward you for what it did not ask you to do so that's the first mistake if you study the scriptures you notice abraham abraham was not called to stand behind the pulpit yet god called calls him in the bible a prophet abraham was called to be a father a father of nations that's his own calling a father to father nations which means Sarah was called to to give birth which also means that there are women yes of course there are women there are women who are called to just be a wife there are pastors wives that are not called to be a pastor they are just called to support their husband as a wife the great man of god um, or roberts his wife his wife was never an evangelist or a pastor while the husband was going everywhere the wife was always with the children at home taking care of the home supporting the husband with prayer the same thing with um, Kenneth again. The wife was never a pastor. And she did not deceive herself. Benny Hinn's wife, Pastor Benny Hinn, the wife is never a pastor. 
And one time that he got influenced and tried to make the wife a pastor, she almost died for it because she got attacked. And when she got attacked and the man of God in the middle of the night, night ran to God and said, Lord, what's going on with my wife? The Lord said, you gave her a position I did not give her. And so now demons that are assigned to touch you, they can't touch you because your own anointing that comes with protection and the rest. But she, she will have to stand alone. And so he had to cry out for mercy, pray for this wife, and the following Sunday, got up to announce and said, my wife is no longer a pastor. <laughs> and that's how he saved his wife. You see, mistakes that ministers make. Sometimes, because they have become a minister, they think that automatically their wife also has a calling to be a pastor. You see, prophets, because they are prophets, automatically their wife has become a prophetess. So they impart the lady. She starts prophesying too. So they say prophetess. Before you know it, in a short while, there's a divorce. Because something goes wrong with the woman. She can't understand. And then she can't just, she can't behave herself anymore. She can't coordinate herself. The next thing she fights the div for divorce. Okay. It's a mistake. Isaac was called to be the seed of promise. That's his own calling. The physical seed of Abraham. The one to bring forth Jacob. And Jacob was called to produce the 12 tribes. That will become God's nation. God's people. Joseph was called into government. Not to stand behind the pulpit. Government. Like we will say today, politics. That was Joseph. God sent him there for his people's sake. You see? Not everybody is called to be behind the pulpit. That's why some people get angry and upset with Christians who want to be involved in politics. It's not true. There are those who are truly called to be there. And that's God's desire for every of his children to take their place in that area where they are called. There are those who have been called in the academic area. They have to study. They just have to study. They just have to go for the PhD. If they don't do all of those things, they will not be able to fulfill their calling. That's their own area. To now make a mistake and think because that fire is bubbling now. And so the rest, you don't want to, now you want to be jumping around, jumping with that pastor that is not called like you to do what you're doing and you're jumping together with him. You too, you are preaching from pillar to post. Then you now see that later on they get frustrated because it's like they are not fulfilled. They will be feeling like there's still something, there's still a vacuum that is not filled in there. Okay? So these things are important. Of course, Moses was called to be a deliverer, of course, but a prophet, a prophet to deliver Israel and also the pastor of the children of Israel in the wilderness. He was their pastor. That was his calling. Samson was called to be a leader, but he was called to be a leader to use physical strength, okay, to help Israel from the bondage of the Philistines or to fight for Israel before the Philistines, okay? Gideon, the same. Jephthah, the same. Esahel was a sprinter, which means that there are those who are called into sports. Emphatically. Now, there are those who went into those things out of passion and they love it and they, just, they are looking for career. There are those who are called there. Of course, David was called to be a king. Yes, he was called to be a king. Elijah was called to be a prophet. Elisha was called to be a prophet. Now, 
in different callings also, there's a point I need to make here. You may be called into the same office as your friend or your partner or your neighbor or whoever. But then, in this arena of your calling too, there are special assignments and there are special designs. If you catch what I'm saying. There are different kinds of prophets, for instance. If you're called to be a prophet and the other guy too is called to be a prophet, different kinds of prophets. For instance, Elijah went about performing miracles. Elisha went about performing miracles as a prophet. John the Baptist never did any. They couldn't lay a finger on one miracle that John the Baptist performed. Because he didn't. I'm sure if a miracle had happened, he would have been afraid and scared to death. And say, eh? Who did it? I don't know anything about it. Because he had a different kind of calling. But yet he was a prophet. But in another dimension. And yet the Bible says he was greater than all the prophets before him. So you see, many times what we look at is not what God looks at. Every time I study the life of that great man of God, Billy Graham, I'm amazed. With no single miracles and the move of the spirit, people falling under the power. Yet, he was one of the most influential man of God in the world. He would gather people, crowds in their millions. And all he was there to say is, Jesus loves you. Accept Jesus. And that was just all. No revelation, nothing. And people came from everywhere. And this man of God, there is hardly a president in his day that did not consult with him. There was hardly a president that did not consult with him. He was that influential and big. He didn't pray for them to be healed. He didn't minister prophetic to the president. You see, there's a lot of things young ministers need to learn. Things that excite you are not the things that excite God. Just stay in your calling. Okay? Now, there are some callings that are very dramatic. A little bit of maybe like my own kind of calling. Don't, someone else is looking at that and is, is thrilled. Don't let it thrill you. That's what me I'm called to do. You understand? When you see the move of the Spirit and it's like, I like that. That's action. You can't do that. If you're not called to do that, leave it alone. Face yours. That's where your greatness is. I'm only facing what God has called me to do. And that's because he called me to do that, he wired me for that. If I try to do anything else, I would not be fulfilled. It's important. Okay. Glory to God. Nehemiah was called to rebuild the house of God. Nehemiah was called to not to stand behind the pulpit. Solomon was called to be a king and also to build God's house. He was called to be, build God's house. There are those in our midst in the church of Christ all over the world that have been called to build a house for God. That's just their calling. All the time that guy is gathering money is to build a magnificent building for God. Glory to God. John the Baptist was called to be a prophet in the wilderness. But there is another woman in the Bible by the name Anna the prophetess was called to be a prophetess in the temple. These are prophets. But one in the temple, the other one in the wilderness. Details of your calling. These are important. Details of your calling. What does God want you to carry out with your calling? Details of your calling. Jesus was called to be the savior of the world. So remember the first mistake. To think that everyone has been called to stand behind the pulpit is an error. There are those who are called into, into the business world. There are those who are called 
to be medical doctors. There are those who are called. God just called them, sending them. The Bible says, it says we should go into all the worlds. Different world. World of medicine, world of academic, ad, academics or academia or what did they call it? World of this, world of that, you know. Different world, worlds of businessmen, traders and so on and so forth. Called. Number two. Number two mistake. Encounter power and God's presence all mean I have to start my own ministry. That's another mistake. Encounters. When you begin to have encounters, I see the hand of Jesus. I see this. Oh, I saw the hand of Jesus. I saw the head of God. I saw the leg of an angel. You begin to have all those your encounter. And then the power of God begins to move you in your room. And God's presence is all over. Then you begin to think automatically. It means that I have, I have to start my own ministry. That's not what it means. It does not mean you have to start your ministry. All those things are just there. God trying to let you know that uh, I'm with you and I've called you for this purpose where you're born. Showing you, showing to you himself and revealing himself and all, all that so that your faith can be strong. Glory to God. Strong in your calling. Number three, isolation. Isolation. This is another mistake. Where you want to be by yourself. And you no longer want to be a part of a local assembly or group. Now, many times you will make mistakes and blunders, especially when the presence of God begins to move in your life and you begin to experience some sweet fellowship of the Spirit of God when you are by yourself. Then you begin to automatically think that, well, do I really need to go out there? Sometimes you may even be reluctant about going to attend service because even the church you are attending, to you it will look like they don't know your words. They are supposed to give you one big position. Because you see now, you have this power of God. You go out, you pray for someone. You did this, you did that. So you'll be thinking in your heart that they don't know my value in that church. <laughs> so you trying to go out will feel like, ah, let me just stay like this. You know, and not, let me just be doing my praying and doing plenty of, you see, it's a terrible mistake. It's a terrible mistake for young ministers. Now, if you go in that direction, God will not be able to anoint you for the real thing. God does not an anoint highlands. He does not anoint highlands. David was anointed in the midst of his brethren. So that's so important also. Number four, wrong attitude towards service. Wrong attitude towards service. I have to say this and say it very, very steadily and clearly. There is no great minister who has not served. You cannot be a serious minister. You cannot have a serious ministry. And you cannot have people who will be loyal to you. I mean real loyalty. If you have not been loyal to someone else, it's one of the laws of service. Maybe I'll show you. Look, look chapter number 16. Let's look at something. I want to show you two of the laws of service. Luke chapter 16 verse 12. Luke 16 12. And if ye have not been faithful, this is the law, in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? It's a law. You must serve somewhere else. You must serve and be faithful there. And I'm not talking about the service of one year, service of three months, service of, say, I've tried. Yeah, that one is enough. No, you must serve. 
is important. While you're serving, God is checking your heart. If you are going to have your own ministry, remember I'm talking to two groups of people now. So if you're going to have your own ministry, you will have to serve. Now, if you're not going to have your own ministry, you will still have to serve. God will promote you to wherever ministry you are. The day will come that you yourself will be in a very big position. But you will serve. And you will serve when you are done, when you are, when you are past that, people will serve you. No matter what ministry you find yourself, either you are called alongside someone or you are called on your own, people will have to serve you. There is no way they will not serve you or serve under you. It's a law. But you have to pass your own tests. You must serve. Glory to God. This is one of the laws. 16.10. Let's look at 10. Let's look at another law. Oh. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. That's how God sees it. If God delivers something small into your hands and you're not faithful with that, God says you are not faithful in much. He's not saying you will not be faithful in much. He says you are not. Then if you're faithful in that little, he says you are faithful in much. That's how God marks it. So you see, you must serve. You must, yeah, it's important. I spent over 13 years just serving in the ministry. Over 13 years. Not that I've not been to other ministries. Without calculating the other ministries. Where I really, really stayed and served. Over 13 years, I was there. Cell leader. I was a PCU leader. You know, graduating. At one time, I was assistant pastor. You know, just serving. Serving. And I was serving as though I, I didn't even think of my own ministry. Which your own ministry? Think of your own I wasn't thinking about it. I would talk about the man of God as though he was everything to me. I would take his materials, the ministry materials, the books that he wrote. I would take them from place to place. Selling. Some people will insult you. Say, get out of here. I would take it from place to place. Selling. And in all of it, a lot of insults, you know now. Because at the time, the man of God was not well known. And it now happened that it was a period where it was being criticized. Some things came up. So, some people came up because of his ministry, you know, jealousy and envy. And they started talking against, attacking his ministry. And that was the center of that period. That was <laughs> carrying the books, you know. Go to the markets. Go to the shops. To, just to sell this book. Why? I was the one in charge of the ministry material. And I had no choice. I had, we have to sell. We can't just stay in church and be looking. We have to take. So I took, take, I took these books out. Go to um, traffic. You know, these holdups. I will be there selling, raising the books and selling and shouting. I wasn't even thinking of I'm thinking of which ministry. I was so interested in what is there. It has to go out. And some will say, wow, wonderful. I've been looking for it. Oh, thank you. Another person will say, get out of, get out of my car. <laughs> you see, <laughs> different. <laughs> Another one will say, let me see, let me see. Why are you letting this man deceive all of you? <laughs> you see? Different things. But I kept doing it. His message was important to me. I could fight. You don't talk about my pastor like that. We will fight. My sister and I, we had several fightings. 
If I was watching his message, say we, we are watching it on TV, AIT, and then she comes and says she wants to watch something. I said, no, we'll watch it. Pastor is on. I will have to watch it. After watching him, if we try to change the channel, I see the same message comes up again in Silver Bird. The same message, the one we just finished watching, I said, let me watch it. She will say, ah, come, come, come. What kind of nonsense is this? Is that not what we just watched? I said, I have to watch it. You see, we attended the same church. So I carry this thing on my head. If it's three times they're going to show the same message in a day, I'm going to be watching it. And as I'm watching, you would think I was crazy. Ha! Glory! Hallelujah! In the sitting room. <laughs> you see, service. You serve with the whole of your heart. Serve. You are beside yourself. All those things, they have rewards. All that time you're doing that, God is marking your script. Marking your script. If you don't go through this, listen, it's the same pattern. Every ministry, when it comes to um, preparation, okay, the preparation may be slightly different, the place and so on and so forth, but there are some things when a, a man of God is, when God is preparing a man of God, there are some things that tallies with everybody's preparation. One of them is service. If you must serve. Except if your ministry is not going to be a serious one. Maybe. If it's just going to be maybe this ministry of uh, shake your city small. <laughs> or shake your locality. But if your ministry is going to be a great one, it will, you will go through those classes. And you are not going to skip them. It may grant you speed. But not to skip them. Glory to God. So it's so, so important. Service, service. Because I know young ministers, they don't like this. You know, they don't really like it. They, they feel, they feel, ah, with all my anointing, I should not be under so and so. Well, what anointing does he even have that you're not saying I should be under him as my HOD? You see, all those things we have to come up. God, we have to test you. He will put you under those that you think you've gone ahead of. And you have to be submiss submiss submissive. Service, service. Number what now? Number five, independent spirit. Independent spirit means that you don't, you don't want to have a mentor. You don't want to have a leader. No spiritual father. You see, I'm a prophet of God. <laughs> so no mentor, no spiritual father, nothing. You just want to be your own boss, you know. You control everything. Why? There's a special anointing upon your head. Nobody touches your head. They don't lay hands on you. You say, this is my head. It's only God. You see, uh, you, 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 <laughs> you are joking. You're going to be... <clears throat> Listen, it's a joke. Even you, you will end up being a joke. It's not possible. It's not possible. Jesus, with all of his anointing, went to John the Baptist. John the Baptist never performed one single miracle. We, we, we talked about him a few minutes ago. And that John the Baptist was preaching Jesus, talking about Jesus coming. And that Jesus came in the presence of all, not in the corner. He didn't say, call, call, call him for me. Tell those people to go. Let them go before you. No. In public, John the Baptist dipped him in water when Jesus approached. John the Baptist said, come on, stop this. Don't embarrass me. I'm not... You are, Jesus said, no, let's fulfill it. In public. Humility. 
You see? Not independent spirit. Uh-huh. What is the matter? Which spiritual father? What does the spiritual father know? What, what does he know that I don't know? Which have any revelation? Do you know that the great Bishop David Oedipo, with his great revelation, mighty revelation of faith, he submitted to Pastor Iyadeboye? Now, listen. Without dishonoring any one of them at all, they, their calling is unique. They have their own callings. We don't compare people. But when it comes to faith, leave it for Bishop David. Just leave it for him. That's his own calling. So he was not proud enough to now say, ah, no, ah. Even when God is saying, he say, Father, what, what does he... <laughs> He went to submit. And he still submitted. Now, with all the churches that he has all over the world, with the large congregation and all, he still submitted. Every year, every year, the man of God, Pastor Yadibu, will come to his church and lay hands on him. He would kneel down in the presence of the thousands and hundreds of thousands. And millions watching all over the world. He would not say at this time. The oil on my head is enough. What do you want to hurt? He would kneel down. And would be prayed for. Why the pride? Not useful. If God sends you in that direction. Follow his instruction. It's important. Mentorship. Independent spirit. is killing young ministers. He's killing them. That's why they don't get. They now struggle. Struggle, ah, oh, father, power, power. Glory to God. Number six, impatience. Impatience. Wanting to get to the top now without adequate preparation. They want to get to the top now, 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 now. Impatience. You see, they are carried away with the glamour and the other things in ministry. As I watch that man of God on TV or on the internet, they say, Ha! Hey, hey! Woo! I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. You ain't coming anywhere. <laughs> you are just deceiving yourself. Which day did you start? You are coming. Where? <laughs> Listen. Hey. Ministry is not something that you just go pew. And then you start the journey, bam, and then you're going to finish there. Somebody has said it's a marathon. You keep, <laughs> if you start with so much strength, and that strength is not sustained, on the road you get tired and say, I beg, this thing is enough. Let me, I can't, I can't kill myself. Because there are situations that will come at you, that is what you have inside that will make you keep standing. To others, it will look like it's going down now, it's going down. But why is as though you are going down? The devil is looking at you like he's going down. Now, all of a sudden, you stand again. <laughs> and say, devil, throw your best shots. <laughs> why? Because you've been built on the inside. Things will come at you to discourage you. All that time, God will withdraw from you. He will withdraw results. He will just be looking at you. You will be crying and praying. It will seem like God is watching you. Training you, stretching you. You must keep going. And never be discouraged. But if you don't have enough stuff inside, you will be discouraged. You 
will be discouraged. So you see, impatience, problem of many, impatience, impatience. Whatever you've been called to do, whether politics or whatever, you have to learn to be patient. Now, I talked about mentorship the other time. Somebody who's called into politics, the best mentor that you would need in politics will be another person who is into politics in a godly way. That would be a good mentor. Now, you may have a spiritual father because there's no spiritual father in politics. You understand? You can't get a spiritual father. <laughs> you may have a spiritual father who's a man of God, who supports you with prayer. But you would need a mentor there. That mentor in that area. Who knows something and you know that he knows and he's godly and he's clean. You study about him, you read about don't assume that you know everything. You see? No, you stay with your wisdom. That's all that you will have. It will not help you improve. Let's read something about impatience. Luke chapter number 6 verse 13. I want to see Jesus modus operandi when he, he wants to send someone to do anything for him. And when it was day, he called unto him. Did you notice? He called unto him. Jesus called unto him, his disciples. He called unto him, his disciples. And of them, he chose 12, whom also he named apostles. Now, the first thing that God does is to call you, or Jesus does, when he calls you to ministry, he's not going to send you. The first thing he does is to call you to himself first. There are two callings. The first calling is to himself to be alone with him that's the first calling the second calling is to go for him you have to be alone with him first before you go for him until you fulfill this first part you cannot because jesus will not send you you can't go until you have been with him let me show you more matthew 10 1 and when he has called unto him his 12 disciples he called on to himself he called them to himself that's the first thing so while you're with him if you stay with him patiently he'll begin to release some things into your life and you must be patient while you're with him what did he do he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sicknesses and you read all the way then verse 5 look at verse 5 now here this in verse 5. These 12, these same 12 that have been with him, Jesus sent forth. Now the sending has come, commanding them, giving them specific instruction. Go not in the way of the Gentiles, you see. There are people that they are sent to. These are some, some of the things you learn when you're calling. You will be told who you are sent to, those you are sent, what you are sent to achieve. You, you don't try to do everybody's job. You have those that you are sent to. You are sent to the head alley. Look for them. Locate them. Don't say that people that are dying already. No, that's what you are sent to do. <laughs> if not because of calling, it's true. If God wanted me to, I would have changed my mind. Said, I don't want any. How can I? Young people is not. Which young people is it? From the beginning, but you are sent. These are the ones you are sent to. No, some of them could be arrogant. And when I started to, I got angry with them a lot. You see, but as I journey, I learn to accept them with a heart of love. 
I understand that's the reason why you are sent to them anyway. You don't have to be mad at them all the time. <laughs> Glory to God. Alright, so you are called to be with God before you are sent. Listen, it doesn't matter what area, whatever you are called to do. It doesn't matter what the ministry is. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to be with God first. It's important. It doesn't matter what it is. And listen to me, don't take what you are doing lightly. Don't take what you have been called to do lightly. If you have been called to, you know, there are some people that are called just to um, give uh, support to others. I mean, they are just called to give support to young girls, support to young men, and so on and so forth. If that's your calling, don't take it for granted. Whatever you are called to do, spend a lot of time with God. You will see how it will make you a wonder in this secret place with him. He will show you things. He will tell you things that he has not told anybody before. Glory to God. What number now? So impatience is, is, is a terrible thing. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll say some other things later. Timing. Number seven. Timing. Timing is number seven. Wanting to do all now. You must have the right timing. So important. Timing means that you know when God asks you to do what he asks you to do. You know. There are many things that God will show to you that are not for now. Because in the realm of the spirit, there is no time. So in the realm of the spirit, God will not put it there. 11, 15. No, he won't tell you. Uh, 20, 20 something. No. Except sometimes when he wants to come down to your level, he can now say, in so, so, and so, yeah. But not all the time. Most importantly, when, when you have visions, some of those visions will look like now. And if you're not careful, you want to step ahead and say, ah, I just saw that. Ah, hey, this is my year. Meanwhile, not knowing it's not time. You see, it's not time. God is only showing you to prepare you. They are called incentives. Have you ever heard of incentives? Just given to you to make you, you know, to water your mouth. That just like, ah, my destiny is sure. I'm telling you. <laughs> but you have to learn to stay right timing. Wait, when the time comes, the Lord will tell you it's time. When He tell you it's time, you move. And when you move, everything will work smoothly. But if you step ahead, you will frustrate yourself. <laughs> You will frustrate everything. You will now be tired and say, ha, ah, what's going on? Now, listen, I'm not talking about when God says, do it. And then you do it and it doesn't seem like there's result. That's a different matter. That's another talk for another day. There are times that God may give you instruction to test you. You see, like the Bible says, God tested Abraham to prove you, as you say. That will prove you with some instruction. And as you are carrying this instruction out, he's watching you and your reactions. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when God has shown you some things, most importantly, some big things. If God showed you that you, you were somewhere in the palace of the Oni of Ife, and you sat and you're preaching to him, and he accepted Christ. Okay? <laughs> now, that's not to insult the Oni at all. I'm just bringing out the point. Okay? And then, you now come out of that vision and say, wow! And you call two of your friends, just like you. 
as dummy too. And then you call them and you inform them and say, I saw something, let's go. And then you now get to the palace. You want to enter, they say you cannot enter. You say, I have to enter, Jesus has sent me here. And then they say, you have to go back. You say, no, I know what I saw. Nobody can stop me. Say, friends, race. <laughs> you start running in that palace. And then you now, all of you, on the race, prrr, you enter the palace. Then they yank you. You say, I know what I saw. You push, leave me alone. Nobody can stop me. Did I tell you about that story? Of that man. Maybe he saw himself raising the dead. There was a star that died. A popular star. The guy died and came back to life. And died again. So this time around, they had buried him. Buried this star. Is a celebrity. Was a celebrity. Cemented the place in his house. It was a popular news that time. And then this man said he's a man of God. That God has sent him to raise this celebrity. They said, ah, hope you know what you are saying. He said, ah, ah. I said, God sent me to raise the celebrity. They said, okay. What day will you do it? He chose the day. So they brought all the cameras they could bring. They said, Every, the whole world will watch this. He said, no problem. <laughs> they said, hope you know the implication of this. Because it will mean that we will dig the ground and bring him out. He said, God sent him. They said, okay. <laughs> when they want to start digging, he said, have you thought about it? <laughs> he, said, he said, I will raise him. He was going to make a fool of himself. And they, break it away, bring him out. Ah, since everybody loved the celebrity, they didn't want him to die in the first place. Ah, so they wouldn't say we were the one that stopped. Ah, no problem. They brought these cops out, still in the caskets. Oh, well, glory to God. They seemed to check, and it looked like the body was still fresh. In reality, they said, ah, maybe it's true. All right, okay, I pray. He stressed, he cried, and people were watching him. Crowd everywhere. <laughs> All over the compound. Some people were peeping. They said, this man going to, they, they couldn't wait. They wanted to see how he would stand up, and the shout would happen. Television, camera, TV stations, they were there, focusing. They wanted to see how the man would finally stand. And they did, and did, and did, and the man wasted their time, wasted. Finally, when they saw that it was, they said, oh God, stand up is enough. <laughs> and straight to the station. Prison. Because this is bad. That's what they thought. Only God knows what happened. You see, many times you need to learn, when you see a vision, Learn to have the timing. Okay, Lord, I saw it. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, glory to your name. You celebrate him and celebrate him. Father, I give you praise. I give you praise. But Lord, when is the timing? When am I supposed to move? Now, if he's not telling you, if you are not getting the timing, just forget about it. That thing is important to him. If it's not important to him, he will not show you. So if it's important to him, he will get you. He knows how to. God is an intelligent being. You are an intelligent being. He knows how to communicate to you. If you cannot get up to his level, he will come down to your level to tell you. Sometimes it's over zealousness. What, uh, what if God's saying that I'm not missing it? Don't worry about you missing it. Jesus told the man of God, can I see again one time and said, I'd rather you are slower than faster. If you are slower, you will see me ahead of you and you will still be able to follow my steps. If you are too fast, you will be ahead and you will not see me again. 
But the best of all is to walk together with him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What's the next one now? Number eight, trying to be everybody. That's another mistake of young ministers. Trying to be everybody. You want to be Pastor Iya Deboye today. You want to be Pastor Benihin tomorrow. You want to be Bishop David Oedekbo the next day. You want to be Pastor Chris another time. You want to be uh, Reverend uh, the other day. You want to be Prophet T.B. Joshua. You want to be everything. So you are so confused. You don't even know what you are really. No matter how much we may admire these people. Okay? God has called you. You have your own calling. Your unique calling. And that's what makes you stand out. Glory to God. That's a mistake. Trying to be everybody. You want to be the one that will be casting out devil. You want to be the one that will be prophesying. You want to be the one that will be healing the sick. You want to be an evangelist. You're going up and down. You want to be a teacher. You want to be, you see, and then you, the one you are really called to do, you are not, and so, your, your glory is not even seen. Or the glory of God in your life is not seen. Because you are doing everything and no one is really working. That's a mistake. Number nine. Misunderstanding early signs of your calling. Misunder That's another mistake that young ministers make. Misunderstanding the early signs of your calling. There is something called the early signs of your calling. And this is where many young ministers miss it. Listen, even myself, God helped me. When I started out as a student, eh? I would do some things, you know, minister in some way that I would be, wow. And then I would be thinking in my heart, I know of men of God, big men of God, and they are not even getting these results. Ah! And when I see them on TV, I say, go and sit down somewhere. <laughs> you see, I'll just be wondering. Ah, ah. God taught me, taught me a lesson. I learned. Those things are just signs. God put those signs there to let you know that you have a calling and it's most likely in this direction. So God is going to give you the crumbs. You have those crumbs. And if you're not careful, you will think now. You now think now I cannot face the world. Now I cannot. Ministry is more than laying hands on the sick and they are healed. Ministry is more than you lay hands on somebody and it falls under the power. Ministry is more than teaching. Ministry is more than that. And that, you see, many times, especially, you see all these presidents of fellowships in the, in the campuses. You know, a president of fellowship can have 250 members in his fellowship. Some of them as much as 300 and so on, depending on that fellowship. And that guy does not know that what he's doing is called, God is giving you another man. And he's watching how you're going to be faithful. What is another man? These are sons and daughters spiritual sons and daughters of other people all brought to you you think they are your own you are deceiving yourself <laughs> when your own time comes you will struggle if you raise one, if you are able to raise one person or even two people that are your sons your own that's when you will know you see because you see that's where some of them they now become arrogant they become pompous why they have people. When they have meetings, they have service. They say, lift your hands. Everybody lift your hands. All these students. 
There's a shout hallelujah. They hear hallelujah. And then they look at that other guy. They despise him like eh? only 40 people. This big man of God, only 40 people in his church. They see the church, fine, everything's like that. But only 40 people. They despise. Listen, those are his own. To give birth to 40 people in the realm of the spirit, do you know what it takes? You have to travel in prayer. The ones that you gather is not yours. They just came. Why? It's a sign. God is giving you a sign that you have a calling. And one day you will gather people. So that early, all those early signs, don't go and rest on them and let it bring arrogance. You will never go far at all if you go, if you go on like that. You will see things. They will look as, it will seem as though things are working. It will look as though things are working so fast. Those are early signs. Early signs. But if you're not wise, you see, it's only the one that is taught that in all of this, you remain humble. Because what you are doing is, you are just only being hired. And you even have a tenor. Your tenor will expire, you'll be kicked out. Early signs. Mistakes of young ministers. Don't think that it will continue like that. When the real thing starts, this is where God will now leave you to yourself. That which is inside you will now have to come out. You know, you can start out healing the sick at the, all these early signs. And you think, wow. As I pull the leg, the leg grew out. Boom! Say, uh-huh. It may be something you caught. The power in the name of I remember I caught the revelation in the power in the name of I felt like I could heal anything. I, 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 and I did. Jumping around. You know, the zeal, you'll be jumping. Ah, ah I mean... Those are early signs. You will almost not have respect for ministers of God that are truly into ministry. You almost not have respect. In your heart, you'll be despising them. Like, what, what do they think they are? What are, why are they deceiving themselves? See, that's why you gather church. No headache has been healed. You'll be in their service and be thinking, see this man. Action, I beg. Not talk, talk, talk. Didn't you read in the Bible? That is not... <laughs> when I started, God taught me Whatever you're going to have in your ministry, you have to produce it in the place of prayer and true fellowship. When a man is in ministry, whatever you see in his ministry, you should know that it came from sacrifice. It came from him. These are, these are his own. And that's why the Bible has told us to honor them. It says to honor them doubly because it's not as funny. That's funny. To give birth to one spiritual son, you know what it means. Not to talk of two, not to talk of three, and you have more. And they trust in your message. They trust in you. They are following you. They say you are my spiritual father. Do you know what it means? It's not shibi shibi. It's not by charisma. It's not because of English. <laughs> Glory to God. Alright. Number what now? Number ten. The hunger. Another mistake of young ministers. The hunger to be imparted by every high minister or higher minister. The hunger. Hey, Pastor, this is here. Sir, please lay hands on me. Ah, Reverend, this is, lay hands. You went somewhere, somebody preached. And you see her ah, power. And the right, right away, you run there. Kneel down, lay hands on me. If you understand what impartation is by laying on of hands, you will stop it. You know that not everybody should lay hands on you. The same way not everybody should you follow. Some people don't know it. 
you see something on YouTube or you see and you see something about the man's ministry, you don't know, you don't even bother to ask from the Spirit of God, is he the person to follow? That's why the Spirit of God, if you are smart enough, he will tell you those to follow. He will always tell you. I have said that there are two groups of people that should not be exposed to ministers of God, others, except to a pastor. Number one, babes. They must be fed by a pastor so that they can grow steadily and correctly. Number two are those who are called alongside. So that if you want your ministry to go faster and you want your people to function with one mind without having issues here and there, they should just follow you. Is enough. Is enough. They should follow you. Is enough. Looking here and there will bring trouble into their spirits. And it may bring about rebellion. The guy may not mean to be rebellious. He may not mean to. But because information, there is a way information comes back to the mind. The day the man of God will say something, there is a way the devil would bring again the information you heard. Maybe you even misunderstood that other man of God. It will come back and you will stand. You will rebel. And that's why I don't trust those who look here and there. I don't really trust them in position of leadership. Because you may just, just be surprised. That guy or that girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has been looking over. He will say, yeah. Apostle Jackson said the other thing the other day. So, <laughs> glory to God. And many times the Lord will instruct us or instruct you. I've had that instruction before too. While I was growing and I was under a ministry, the Lord instructed. He could instruct you and say, listen only to this message. That's this person. Follow only this. Once you hear that instruction, hold on to it. It's for your good. Because the Spirit of God knows something about it that you don't know. He knows there is a tendency somewhere. And you may flop. I've had that instruction too. Before the Lord now releases me, I say, alright. But I have to finish with this one first. Okay, so caution, caution. Now, this instruction is not the same for someone who's going to start his own ministry. Now, if someone is going to start his own ministry, the Spirit of God will give you instruction. Like, I was going to start my ministry, of course, but first, the Spirit of God said, listen to this man only. And then, at, when the time comes, he said, alright, now you can listen to others. And he picked for me those to listen to. You see, you don't listen to everybody. You don't jump. You see, it's like a child who is hungry. Anything they stretch to him, they want to take. And you must be wise because poison is inside. And you don't know. How will a child know that what you are giving him is, is poisoned? He doesn't know. Not yet. His senses have not been trained yet. He doesn't even know about poison. He thinks it's for the mouth. Everything. So what do you do? You help that child. And sometimes the Spirit of God will help you. Don't listen to it. Just stay here. Eat only your mother's meal. Be sad. Be okay with it. Why is this? That is only gadi gadi and granite. Stay with it. That's what the Lord has blessed your mother with. He knows it will sustain you. So stay with it. That's important. Okay. The, the hunger to be imparted by every higher minister. Some people can impart you and transfer something else. So you have to be careful. You don't let everybody impart you. Just go, ah, hey, I saw the power of God I saw today. I mean, the man pulls his suit, his suit like this and power was moving in the head. The suit was flying. You say, ha, ah, I want this kind of thing. Please, sir. Ah, sir. Careful. Caution, caution. There might be something else that you don't know. Caution, caution. Okay. 
11. We are almost there. Right? This, is, this should be number 11. We're talking 15 mistakes of young ministers. Number 11, lack of wisdom. Lack of wisdom. Young ministers lack. Oh. Thank God for the word of God. If not for the word of God, for some of them. Because at that stage, your zeal and passion will, it, it will make you lose wisdom. You, you, wisdom will fly. You don't know. Lack of wisdom. And you see the reflection. Misuse of your body. Because of lack of wisdom, you don't know when to stop. Somebody said he fasted 100 days. You say, ha. <laughs> I will double my own. And you now enter into this fasting. You are losing weight. You are losing life. You are losing everything. You don't know. Lack of wisdom. Your body is complaining. You say, mm -mm. There's a lot about fasting you need to learn. Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Uh-uh. Study about it. The Bible says he was driven of the Spirit. He didn't wake up and say, I want to fast. I started fasting. He was driven of the Spirit. The Spirit of God influences fasting. And when the Spirit of God does that, you will fast without knowing. You won't really feel it. Oh, what about Moses? 80 days. Moses was under the glory of God in those 80 days. So he didn't drink water. He didn't eat. And he survived. And he didn't feel it. To him, it would be like a flip second. Because he was in the realm of eternity at that time. Where there's no time. Just with God. And when he was done, he came down. Was not hungry. The Bible says his countenance began to shine. For he wished not that the glory of God has rubbed up on him. You see, wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Elijah fasted 40 days. Ah, a night on the strength of the food that the angel gave. Wisdom. So when somebody says he's embarking on 40 days and 40 nights, 21 days and 21 nights, all those things. You should know, if they are coming by the instruction of the Spirit of God, the grace will be there. There's something called grace for fasting. I'm not talking about the one that you fast in the morning and you break in the evening. Even if there's no grace there, you'll see, at least you eat once a day. Uh -huh. But when your body begins to complain, and your body is saying, nah, we are dying, and you say, no, you will not die. You. I have the life of God. <laughs> you know that you are getting in trouble for it. So you see, these are wisdom, misuse of the body, lack of wisdom, young ministers. And so they are misusing the body. The guy is doing this and he goes, he's going from pillar to post, preaching and preaching and disturbing. He's not even coming down. Lack of wisdom. Now he, he listens to a message. He was so charged with the message and he will not rest. He says, ah, ah, oh, yeah, ah. you see. <laughs> Especially if you are, of course, this usually youth. The energy of the youth is there. Very important. Lack of wisdom. Some of them will quit school. And say, I'm not going to school again. I've found my calling. Ha ha! Hey! You are 
not joking with hunger, brother. See. <laughs> and at the end of it, you now discover that even the calling that you are sensing, you are not even supposed to be this evangelist. You are just going up and down. But you have quit school. <laughs> they now come to tell you that the Lord said to tell you that he has anointed you to be a lecturer. Ha! Ha! <laughs> they get into serious frustration. Serious frustration. No matter how zealous or passionate, God was watching you. You enter school. He watched you. You were in part one. He watched you. You enter part two. Now you're not going to say, I want to quit now. What are you thinking? I don't just finish. It doesn't stop you. You don't know. Maybe God even brought you to that place so that you can be a blessing. Maybe those that will work with you in ministry, that's where you will meet them. You don't know. You don't know. But you quit and straight away, you fly somewhere else. Just go up and down. No, not that way. Okay, lack of wisdom. Mismanagement of your passion. This is still under lack of wisdom. I'm still in number 11. This is under lack of wisdom. Under lack of wisdom, I talked about misuse of your body. Quitting school because you want... You're, you're full of zeal or because of your zeal mismanagement of your passion these are all lack of wisdom okay you have passion and zeal but you are mismanaging it you want to preach to everybody you stand at the bus stop you are they, are, they tell you shift or guy you, you say you want to continue <laughs> until they beat you up you now come back and say persecution for jesus no persecution for foolishness <laughs> It's not persecution for Jesus. Alright, these, these are how important. Lack of wisdom. Lack of wisdom. Lack of wisdom. You see, that's why I don't buy the, as much as we love to preach the gospel. I don't buy the idea of those using megaphone. I don't. I don't think that thing is effective. It's not. It's not. And usually when they are preaching, they will be going about. Nobody heard the full message. Somebody will hear, Jesus said, another person will hear, trust us, another person will hear, but, but, you see, <laughs> this is not effective. And to that guy, he has worked. He says, I go every morning on evangelism. After he has preached everywhere, he now stops at one Joshua. If you want to give your life to Christ, they didn't hear your message. I know somebody is hearing me in his room. They are telling you, you are deceiving yourself. How would they give their life to Christ? On what message? You preach the message there in that other street, the half of it, the small of it, and then you will now come here today. If you want to give your heart to Christ, which people? These are just lack of wisdom. In Christianity, we are strategic. We don't just jump. As much as we want our message to spread, but we do it with strategy. Don't just be jumping, something that will not produce results. I love to find out if, some, if I'm doing something, is it working? I love to find out. Is this thing working? If it's working, come on, let's do it more. If it's not working, let's stop it. Why should we waste time on something that is not working? Glory to God. It's so important. Alright. Number what now? Number 12. Boasting and shaming those ahead in order to be accepted and praised. Boasting and shaming those ahead in order to be accepted and praised. Young ministers are prone to this too. They boast. 
I mean, the other day. The guy has not started, though. How many sons he has? I mean, one of my sons. I mean, one of my daughters in the Lord. How many does he have yet? One of my sons, the other day called. Oh, this is one of my sons. My son, come. They like to say it. It's, it's my son, my son. My <laughs> Nonsense. And then in the course of it, boasting. I mean, I was somewhere. I mean, one time I was in a meeting and I heard the minister was talking. He had been called to lead the prayer. And was talking about how he was accusing someone of how he prayed 12 hours a day. And say, you, do you know anything? Do you pray 12 hours a day? I mean, those things, they sound like cock crowing in my ear. Because it doesn't make sense. Why do you have to say all that? He was trying to lead a prayer and he was saying, um, I mean, he had this situation where uh, if you have not prayed 12 days, uh, 12 hours, something is wrong with you. And in that situation, he met a lady and was telling the calling the lady. The lady was doing shakara for him or something, something, something. And then he called out the lady's name, was calling the lady's name, you know, prophetic God Rams. Childish. Childish. If you study the fathers of faith, those are the ones I love. Listen. Apart from Jesus in my Bible, I love to look at those who are up there. You wonder why they are so quiet. They've seen things. They've done everything you've, you are doing. They've done it. They learned from it. And all of a sudden, they become quiet. One of those people that move my heart when I'm watching, my heart is Pastor Iadeboe. I mean, my inner heart. I look at him and say, God, God. Why do you think he's that quiet? He has seen things. But because you, you have not seen, you are jumping up and down shouting. 12 hours. I pray, 12 hours. It, it, it sounded boasting. And then they, say, they start bringing down the fathers. You know, um, Bishop Waleoke one time was crying in a minister's conference where he had there these generation ministers you know these young generation ministers was crying why because the hosts had come up to make some statements about how young ministers have insulted the fathers they thought that the fathers are whole school they don't know much they don't have enough revelation they don't have enough revelation. But what they have achieved, none of these young ministers has gotten there yet. But with their lack of revelation, see where they are. And when he was saying, when that man was saying it, that man of God, and others in that room repented, and they were on their knees, and Bishop Walioki came up, and he wanted to talk, just started crying. Because he knew that in reality, they have rubbished the fathers. Say they are whole schools. Yeah, these are whole schools. You don't do that. You have to understand. We have a very special. Listen, we have something really better than what they have. That's what we have now. In their day, there were some things that were not released to the body. Plus that, we have them to learn from. So we learn from them. We pick their mistakes so that we would not make the same mistake. You see, that's how we got better. 
So we learn from them and plus what the Spirit of God is teaching us. So we have double advantage. How do you expect that we will not be better? But to now come out and now use it to be saying things against them is wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. Now, you know, we, we may teach and we try to correct some things in teaching. But we don't pull them down. We don't, we don't point fingers that the, the man of God, this, a great man of God says something one time. Get a, you will never hear me say that a one great man of God says something and that thing is not right. Never. I may say there is something. Have you ever heard of this? Because I want to make correction about it. That does not mean you now start mentioning men of God. It's the mistake of young ministers. They think that when they boast and put them down, they will have more sons and daughters. It's not only sons and daughters, you have you. More sons and daughters. <laughs> Number 13 now, right? Okay. Ignoring and, sh- and ignoring and shaming the contributions of other ministers in the body. Now, this is not the same, and I will explain now. Is it foul mouthing? Ignoring and shaming the contributions of other ministers in the body. If we want to deceive ourselves very well, we will say, SKC alone is enough. SKC alone cannot be enough. That's the fact. No matter the revelation that God gives us, eh, is only in the area of our own calling. There are many things we are yet to know. And those things will come from the supply of the Spirit through other people that have been called for the same thing. The body of Christ can never be complete with SKC alone. It will be deception. I say, what else do we need? I mean, we have everything. We don't! We don't, otherwise, the calling of others has become useless. We don't. Listen, we, this is so important. Because sometimes, so that you won't make the mistake, you won't miss it up. If we don't think that this ministry is the best, then we will need deliverance ourselves. Because every member of the ministry ought to think like, my ministry is the best. But that does not mean that you now ignore others. And you now shame them. Like they are not doing anything. These pastors are just wasting themselves. Come and listen to apostles. Those things is true. It's a big deception. You are both deceiving yourself. I'm trying to deceive apostles, but me, I'm not deceived. I know. <laughs> that's, the, that's the truth. That's the truth. Thank God for God's grace upon our life. We give God praise. And we've not even started. We've not started at all. The Lord told me, He said, We are what you are doing is Riyasa. So everything, everything you are seeing now. Is he, you are seeing us on YouTube. We are rehearsing how we will really get on YouTube. You see demonstration of power. We are rehearsing how we will really demonstrate when we start. Everything you see, everything. Is it the word of God that you are hearing? We are only rehearsing how we will now begin to teach when we begin to dish out the revelation. Everything is rehearsal. That's what the Lord said. And he cannot lie. So God is only preparing us for something that's coming. And so we need to correct this now. So that by the time we now enter into these things, and you know, and you know how the glory and all those things usually, and you now say, ah, 
There is no other church. You people should go and sit down somewhere. No. Everybody in the body is important. Every minister has his part to contribute. No one minister will say that he has it all to contribute. No one. It will never happen anywhere in the world. He has only come to contribute his own part. And we are contributing our own part. You may have something that looks unique. It doesn't mean that that's all there is. You see, this finger is not, the fingers are not equal. And so there are some people that when God gives them some gift, the gift will look so attractive and so unique and beautiful. And the other guy it may not look so unique, but that's God's business. That's left to God. He's the one that decides, oh, which one? But the most important thing is that he gives everybody for the building of the church, the body of Christ. We all have our part to contribute. Say hallelujah. So this is another mistake. So you, you don't make that mistake. Uh, the contribution of every minister to the body of Christ is important. Our own part, now that we are contributing, if you notice the kind of message we teach here, is a message for the end time. It's a message that should round off this church age. And so, God is preparing some things. He's working on some things. By the time this message goes all over, then you should know that Jesus is about to knock on the door. Because this, must, this kind of message is in the scriptures. Okay. Then, what, what number now? 14, right? Uh-huh. After this number 14, we'll have one more to go. Too much in a hurry to manifest. Ignoring fortification by the word. And I will explain that. Too much in a hurry to manifest. 15 mistakes of young ministers. Too much in a hurry to manifest. Ignoring fortification by the word. Some of them don't give themselves to the word. They just want to manifest. They want to show up in a place. And power is, is losing out like this. As power is losing out. They don't, they, they, they don't have enough time for the word to build themselves. When they study, they study scriptures about miracles. And study scriptures about the move of power. The move of God. But no scripture about your own life. So when they are reading the Bible, no, no. They are not seeing that part that says, thou shalt not tell lies. No. Mm -mm. It's not important. It's power. That's what they are looking for. And so they are not built. That's why you see them. They fall easily. Fall cheaply. He's demonstrating power. He's prophesying. But just one temptation in his office. That's his end. And then the newspaper carries it. Now, it seems like he has come up now with this demonstration of power. But how does he stay there? Character. No character. He was not building himself. You see? How does he stay and live a life without going in and out of sickness and pain? And they say, man of God has gone to preach in Germany or USA. He didn't go to preach. He went there for treatment. Why? He wasn't building himself. After he finished treatment, he would come back to Nigeria again and say, oh, our administration over there, yo, yo, was very nice. <laughs> you see, wisdom. You must be loaded with the word of God. Don't be in a hurry. You just want to manifest. I want to manifest power. I want to do something. The whole place shake. What about you, 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 you? Build yourself. Build your character. Build yourself strong to the extent 
that when you are with you are with a lady alone or a beautiful lady comes into your church you are not thinking nonsense as a man of god it's when they are not beautiful. that's why some things happen you now you you that you are a pastor you now feel like running away ha <laughs> ha hey you now feel bad because they will think all of you are the same so what kind of nonsense some people don't even that's why some people don't take pastors serious 